0: Welcome back. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happy Friday to you, weekend warriors. It's about that time. It's actually probably past that time for most of you. It is 6.30 p.m. on the East Coast. Although I'm not on the coast. I wish I was on the coast, actually. That would be nice this evening to have a lovely beverage with my sand in the toes. Walking through the tide. Oh my gosh, stop it. I may have to drive down to the Georgia coast this weekend. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I can't. I'm helping my daughter move. (laughs) So there's that. The role of a mama never ends, which is just fine with me. I love being a mama and I especially love being a grandmama. Uh, Very different. Very different indeed. I can't really put put my finger on it, to be honest with you. But it's different, and it's a real blessing. So maybe it's because you get to send them home. I don't know. I don't really want to send mine home. She's precious and just another jewel in my crown. I love it. Uh, Speaking of jewels, here's a jewel for you. So yes, biggest news on the block, which we all, I guess, pretty much knew was coming, is that good old... Uh, Strawberry Shortcake, otherwise known as Circle Back. Jen uh, Saki 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 now is, (laughs) reminds me of Herman Cain. God rest his soul. Oh, shookie dookie. Uh, Yes, she is leaving her role as White House, as I refer to her affectionately and very candidly and honestly as uh, the White House uh, spokes liar as another one of my, uh, um, friends does, which I love. And, uh, yeah, you know, who's, who's going to take her place. Well, even more important than who she's going to be replaced with is the fact that she is moving over into a mainstream media position. Now, listen to this. This comes from one of my, uh, sources, uh, former Trump administration, uh, someone who knows the no, right. And says, So Jen is able to continue her role as White House spokeslier and negotiate her next role with MSM and not recuse herself because this was like, no, this is no big surprise to people in the know, right? She announced it a while ago that she would be leaving. And so this person goes on to say that should be an inspector general complaint should have been when she announced her departure. Also, she may be skirting the post-government employee restrictions, setting up her own LLC, and she's a 1099 on-air contributor versus full-time employee, which the White House General Counsel would have to provide a, an opinion on or clear. She announced her departure next year. All of us who served in the White House had to sign an ethics pledge. Guess that doesn't apply for the big guys, political appointees. Right. So I thought, let me run over here to the inspector generals. And something really interesting caught my attention. I'm not going to lie. About how many folks who were appointed during the Trump administration are still in their inspector's general position. Now that may not strike you as odd. But it does for me. And so let me, here's what I'm going to do. Hold on a second. I, I'm going to, I'm going to just read some of these to you. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, right, what the inspector generals, uh, the offices of inspectors general uh, do, this was something that was introduced In the uh, 70s, actually, when I was just a babe, 1976, very interesting that it would be under the Department of Health and Human Services to eliminate waste, (laughs) fraud, (laughs) even funnier, and abuse in Medicare, Medicaid, and more than 100 other departmental programs with approximately 1,600 employees. The HHS Office of Inspectors General performs audits, investigations, and evaluations to recommend policy for decision makers and the public. In other words, this is the head of the Hydra. And I know the Hydras have five heads, right? But this is like the main one. This is like the big cheese head, right? And so when you think about bureaucracy at its worst And you think about careers and you think about convention of states, which I know is a very heated subject for some of you, but you have to, you have to look at this out of control, bloated Leviathan of careers that never really move any form of a ball down the field to be honest with you, they all investigate each other while they're all scratching each other's backs and butts and everything else. And so what does that tell you? Not to mention the fact that I've already had guests on my show who have proven to you, who were appointed in the Trump administration, who have proven to you that HHS is single handedly responsible for the majority of trafficking our kids across the border and then dispersing them on your dime to horrible entities that are on this side of the border in the name of, of family uh, reunification programs. When they're sure they're families of cartel members and gang members, and of course they're families. That's how they refer to each other, as family, Right? But did you know that your tax dollars, compliments of HHS, (laughs) there's sixteen hundred employees, are are used to fund the location and relocation of children and women and boys and men who come across this border, young people who come across this border to be united or other or otherwise. stowed away into these cartels that our government has agreements with. And all of this is very well documented, of course, according to my sources, and they've been on this show. So, you know, we're without excuse for why we don't know these things and why we're not demanding change. And so when you talk about one of the most attractive features of the Convention of States to me was the fact that, that, that one of these issues that were going to be brought to the table for for amending was was uh term limits right which were we all know for sure we need and we have needed for decades right but the term limits were also or are also going to apply to careers and that is crucial because this is how this sick filthy vile uh what's the word i'm looking for um uh, oh, gosh, what is it? Whenever uh, nepotism. Thank you. Uh, when 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 nepo- I mean, talk about nepotism. It, it's the highest ranks, extortion, blackmail. I mean, this is how it continues to occur because these people just stay in the same positions th- because these folks, some of these folks are not appointed. Other like the IGs I'm about to go. I'm sorry. The uh, yeah, the IGs I'm about to go over are, in fact, appointed. But a lot of these other employees are not appointed. That's why they're called careers. But these departments are still in place who effectively do what for this country? Who are they investigating? What fraud have they uncovered? You think they're going to uncover each other? Please. All right, so let's go over this. The HHS OIG, which is the Office of Inspector General's Inspector General, performs audits, investigations, and evaluations to recommend policy for decision-makers and the public. Ronald Reagan terminated 16 inspectors general when he entered into office in 1981. His administration explained that Reagan intended to hire his own selections. After Congress objected, Reagan rehired five of those terminated. George Bush also attempted to dismiss all the inspectors general when he became president in 1989, but relented after the inspectors general and Congress objected. Barack Obama dismissed Corporation for National and Community Service Inspector General Gerald Walpin, citing a lack of confidence in him after Congress objected to his lack of explanation. The Obama administration cited that Walpin had shown, quote, troubling and inappropriate conduct and pointed to an incident that year when Walpin was, quote, disoriented during a board meeting at the corporation because of which the board requested Walpin's dismissal. Walpin sued for reinstatement, but the courts ruled against him. In 2020, Donald Trump dismissed dismissed or replaced five inspectors general within six weeks. Two permanent inspectors general were dismissed and three acting inspectors general were replaced just after hiring intelligence inspector general Michael Atkinson. Trump criticized, criticized Atkinson as having done a terrible job and that he took a fake report and, brought, and he brought it to Congress in reference to the whistleblower complaint of the Trump-Ukraine scandal, which we know now was complete crap. And everyone at the time knew it was complete crap. Kind of like the Russian collusion. Hoax which other testimony and evidence largely verified, Um, which that's not true. Trump, again, I'm reading from your quintessential liberal wiki (laughs) because I just want to go over this very quickly, right? But you got to know anything on wiki anything is going to have an extraordinarily liberal bend. Trump also described uh, Atkinson as not a big Trump fan. around One month before Trump replaced Christy Grimm, As acting health inspector general, he had called her report of shortages of medical supplies in American hospitals during the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States as wrong, fake, in her opinion. Despite the report being based on a survey of 323 hospitals, Trump also questioned Grimm's motives for the report, which I don't blame him. Where were the hospitals? Who's making money? What states are they in? What cities? What counties? Who was making, who stood to benefit? From those reports, these are the questions you have to ask. All right, here we go. Federal Offices of Inspectors General. The Inspector General Act of 1978 created 12 Departmental Inspectors General. 30 years later, in October 2008, the Inspector General Reform Act of 2008 added IGs in in various other areas. As of 2014, there were 72 statutories, I, statutory IGs. So we went from... 12 to 72. And what have we gotten for it? No, really, what have we gotten for it? Where are we as a nation? Are we any more honest? Or is our election grid any safer? Ha, is our budget any less bloated? Is our border any more secure? Are our child groomers any less of a threat to our society? Have we stomped and, and stamped out uh, a tra- child trafficking? No. What did I just tell you at the beginning of the show? No, we haven't. So why are we up to 72 from 12 bloated government now what's interesting is that the majority of these igs presidentially appointed inspectors general okay out of let's go over some of them agency for international development that's thomas ullorn ulam sorry he was he was uh, appointed January 1st, 2021. Department of Ag, Phyllis Fong, has been there since 2002. The Central Intelligence Agency, Robin Ashton, uh, started the term in June 2021. Department of Commerce has been there since 2017. Corporation for National and Community Service, Deborah Jeffrey, has been there since 2012. Department of Defense, Sean O'Donnell, has been there since 2020. Department of Education, Sandra Bruce, has been there since uh, 2018. And actually, uh, her term appears to have been up December 2, 2021. Department of Energy, term started in 2019, still there. Environmental Protection Agency and Chemical Safety and Hazard Investigation Board, Sean O'Donnell, January 27th of 2020. Export-Import Bank has been there since 2022. New appointment, of course. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC. Jay Lerner's been there since 2017. Federal Housing Finance Agency, brand new, March 14th, 2022. General Services Administration, been there since 2015. Department of Health and Human Services, Christy Grimm's been there since 2019. Actually, it appears that Christie's term is now up um, as of February 22nd, 2022. Department of Homeland Security. Joseph Kufari since 2019. Department of Housing and Urban Development, 2019. Intelligence Community, the ICIG, since April the 3rd, 2020. Department of Interior, since 2019. Still there, all these people. Unless I've said they're gone, they're still there, which I find really interesting. Why are all of these people still in this in their positions if they're presidentially appointed? Has anyone asked that question? I'm just very curious about that. A few of them have clearly been uh, appoint, have been dismissed and uh, and and quote reappointed by this uh, Biden regime. But there are uh, many of them. I'm sorry, I'm reading something. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you've got... Oh, good point. You've got many of these people who were, yeah, were absolutely, you know, Obama holdovers. And and I would imagine that, I mean, remember, President Trump had a hell of a time getting anything through Congress for that matter. And how many of his of of, of his appointments literally just sat and, and his entire term went by and they were never uh, confirmed? I mean, because Congress held it up. After what happened in 2020, you will never convince me, never, that we lost the Congress, we lost the House during the midterms of President Trump's tenure. You will never convince me of that. I did find it remotely odd, and I did spend an inordinate amount of time blaming Republicans for charging the hill, taking the hill, and running right back down the other side of the hill because that, you know, people get complacent, right? They're like, ooh, President Trump's there. Now we don't have to do anything, and so they don't show up for the midterms. I in no way, shape, or form believe that that's what happened. You will never convince me that our election grid has been completely safe for, you know, since since the quote digital age, since we've all since we've all been convinced that there's some kind of an air gap. (laughs) Yeah, I have an air gap, you know, in the place I live in, but I can still hear my neighbor bouncing around over there. But there's an air gap. There's a two inch air gap between us. In, 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 and, yeah. and, and believe me, this structure is extraordinarily, um, strong and, and, and secure. Uh, but I can still feel things from over there. So, so something's touching something. And we know by virtue of how many, how many people have come forth with reports, with, uh, with investigations with court filings regarding what they found and this alleged air gap that would keep your digital space from being compromised with regard to elections. So again, think what you want to about 2020. I'm not here to speak fraud and argue with you about it because you know what? It is what it is now and it will be, it will continue. Listen, nothing gets by God and that's really where I am with all of it. Nothing gets by God, nothing Nothing I do in the dark, nothing you do in the dark, nothing anyone does that is not above board ever, ever lies dormant forever. It just doesn't. And so, sure, we're going through the valley of the shadow of death right now. We are, as a nation. You would agree with that. Even if you're not a Republican, you would agree with that. Your gas prices suck. The, you you your kids are in all kinds of turmoil at school. You can't afford chicken. I mean, your bacon's through the roof, right? You're who knows if you're going to have a job? I have no idea. You can't get the things that you need in the in the in the in a timely manner that you've been able to receive in the past. You know, I mean, the, everyone's fighting. You know, it, this is just not this is this is like a war of the roses episode. It is so bad. And liberals are absolutely walking off of the Democrat field. I, you know, hold on. I won't say liberals. I will say Democrats. Because to me, there is actually a difference. There's a difference between social liberals, fiscal liberals, like socialists and Democrats. By and large, that's been my experience. And Democrats are actually people, you know, who I've been able to reason with out on the street, for God's sakes, with a camera and a phone and a microphone. And you sit and talk with people about what's up, what's what, and you'd be amazed at how reasonable people are and actually how uneducated people are about promises made, promises kept of the Trump administration. And all they can remember is that he said the P word and you've got the church You know, swearing to it that he's not a Christian. He is the devil. He hates blacks. He hates Jews. He hates, 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 hates. He hates Hispanics. He hates tacos. He makes fun. He mocks. He's rude. He's crude, whatever. And people, you know, it's apparently a popularity contest until it costs you $10 a gallon to to buy some gas to go to work to a job that you're not sure that you're going to have next week because industry's completely, you know, been sold to the Chinese since, uh, Bush senior. and all those eggs are are, come, are are hatching they're hatching we are not ronald reagan's america a woman said that in a space i was hosting last night her name is gabs i'm going to have miss gabs on my show one day gabs is a black lady who is a conservative a mama who fights The education system tooth and nail is actually in a suit currently regarding her children and what they try to teach her children, what they try to put in her children, face masks on her children. She is a a butt kicking mama and she goes right to the fight. She brings the party and she's, that's exactly what she brings to my spaces. And that's just who she is. And I appreciate every ounce of who she is. And last night, she reminded my entire Twitter space that this is not Ronald Reagan's America anymore. And some of you are still living in the glory days. Because as we're walking through this Psalm 23 moment in this country, remember, that's for the living, not the dead. It's easier to look back stoically, right, romantically, look back at how things used to be, at how things were. Great men and women we thought were great men and women. We thought we were the greatest nation on earth. And now we've woken up to this nightmare of a Frankenstein, of this ghoulish nation of social engineering, strife, backbiting, division, partisanship, fourth branches of government, spying, surveillance, lies, realizing how uh, we have completely held other nations hostage in their elections, sent our boys and girls over to drip blood on others' soil in the name of freedom, only now to find out that it was suits and generals who are still profiting off of that blood on other soil. Only now to find out that we're maybe not the international heroes that we've always, uh, you know, uh, uh, heralded ourselves to be. I mean, if pride comes before the fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction, we have earned every second of this Psalm 23 moment as a nation. And I'm talking as a woman who has been in exile spiritually myself uh, before. Um, I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death several times. I've been the prodigal daughter. I have been a stiff necked daughter. I have been a rebellious daughter. Uh, and I have suffered the consequences of it spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, just like anyone will, because that is a universal principle. But by the grace of God, I have not suffered it to the extent that that I could have and neither have you and neither has this nation and God has been patient with us and why do I bring God into every conversation? Because that's the only thing that matters. That's it. He and his kingdom are the only thing that matter. And if we're ever going to stand up out of these ashes, and we haven't even seen the the worst of it yet, our pillars are falling. We are not Ronald Reagan's America. Amen, Miss Gabs. We're not the same people spiritually, emotionally, mentally, anatomically, biologically, physically. Demographically, ideologically, we're not the same America. And the faster we confess that and recognize it, the faster we will be able to turn from all of our wicked ways in humility and seek that grace and be able to turn our society back to sobriety to freedom and be able to honor that Constitution that people are hell-bent on destroying completely. That's what they're after, and it's been a good run. And it's not just Democrats. I'm sorry, folks, it's not. It is not just Democrats. Our dollar is in the toilet. Our standing again on the international stage, I mean, we're behind the stage. We're not even, we're not even invited to the party. We are the laughing stock of the world right now, and I know that upsets the fire out of some of you who are still in the MIC, and I get it because you're still living in what we were and what you hope we could be and what you know we could be you know the ingenuity that lives on this soil you know what our technology capabilities are but you also know that because we are more we are morally depraved that we would sell our own souls as a nation and those around us in the name of prosperity In the name of globalism, in the name of homogenization, in the name of the one world, new world order, in the name of elitism, in the name of communism, fascism, socialism, all of it, and none of that has anything to do with freedom so you can continue to create technology and build teams and 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 try to reinforce whatever pilings you think are still left and that's great keep on keeping on in the meantime in the meantime boy that's a big one i've done an entire series on that in the meantime in the meantime look around open your eyes We are socially a joke. We are a cultural joke. When we allow the Disney Corporation, if you have not read the Christopher Rufo report, you need to go find him and read it. R-U-F-O. I went over some of it last evening. He now has the entire Disney clan, you know, riding him about all kinds of stuff, and it just it's a mess online, trust me. Go find it on Twitter, read it for yourself. I've retweeted it. Congratulations, kudos to Mr. Christopher Rufo, who is willing to take the heat for the rest of us, who actually uh, value and honor our children's innocence. Thank you, sir, for exposing this level of wicked reprobation. But the Disney and thank God for Governor DeSantis, man, he's getting ready to like put the smack down on on their special credits that the special Magic Kingdom people get, Right? I mean, I'm telling this crony, we knew Crony Cat, we knew cronyism was going to come back and bite us. How many of my libertarian friends have been just fighting that battle? For decades, for years, crony capitalism, crony, you know, we got, we got to get out of bed with business. We got to quit the favoritism, the nepotism. That's all got to go, right? The special incentives. And I live in Atlanta, which is the hub of Delta Airlines. It is now becoming the hub of Hollywood. And it is a mess here. It is a sociological political mess. We have no culture here. We don't. In the city of Atlanta is nothing but a mess. It is a crime-ridden, crime-laden, as President Trump would say, shithole. And I live here, and so I can say that, and I love my city. And when our crime rates and murder rates and rape and, and theft and, and carjackings, all this stuff has been a, by up 200%, right, in the past two years and then people are like, that's not what the statistics say. I'm like, yeah, well, who's who's writing up the statistics? According to whose guidelines? When my police officer friends in the city of Atlanta are told to doctor effectively their reports so that it diminishes the volume and the seriousness and the connectivity of the crime and repeat offenders, that's a problem. That's a crap hole in the making. And that's what you have. Yet they will tell you though we are the city too busy to hate. Psh, are you serious right now? You sell that dream to someone else. We are the city too bitter to forgive. And I've said it on these airwaves for over six years. And that is exactly who we are as a city. And I get so passionate about it because I see these lying, lying, thieving, corrupt crooks who take, 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 take. They have developed this system of corruption. And the Republicans are right there with them to ensure that they stay the hell out of the governor's mansion and they stay at City Hall. And that's as far as they're ever going to go. And they may be able to expand into the west side and they may be able to expand down into Clayton County and they may be able to expand out by the airport. And old Stacey Abrams and her crew can come up with all kinds of incentives for people to expand out into neighborhoods that they know they can't afford. But by God, we're going to support equity because white people, because slavery, right? And you got one group of individuals lying about it and the other group of individuals swearing to it. So don't come to me with this partisan crap. It is reprobation. Period. And people capitalizing on the ignorance and the feelings and the and the guilt and the shame and the sins of the past. And in hopes and promises. And can't we all get along? And you know. And let's lie about spending a hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money to paint a rainbow on a crosswalk, and and, and then, whoops, somebody somebody made some skid marks on it. There's a hate crime, and by the way, it's going to cost us fifty thousand to paint back over it. I'm sorry. In the meantime, we're defunding police. We are uh, prosecuting police who are actually doing their jobs, right? But 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 Atlanta tax dollars go where? Do you know our tax commissioner in Fulton County has like special and a special arrangement with that is actually legal, totally legal, makes who untold amounts of money, right? On top of him being the tax commissioner, he gets like a commission. I mean, talk about the greatest pyramid scheme ever, right? I mean, this takes the cake. This dude has a legal arrangement with the state legislature that allows him to make money personally off of it's like a I'd call it a kickback <laughs> but what do I know but you know I call it quid pro quo but that's how we that's how we roll in the state of Georgia that's how we roll in Fulton County It has never been different and I don't think it ever will be different. The fact that Candace Taylor, a female candidate, cannot get on a debate stage, who by measure of every straw poll and every poll that's ever been produced on behalf of Candace Taylor is polling at over thirty percent in the Georgia Gubernatorial race. The fact that she cannot make her way onto a local television station debate stage with the uh the current Uh, CCP-friendly governor who has some interesting deals going on in the state of Georgia for a a lithium battery plant that nobody wants, by the way. 10,000 acres. I'm sorry, where are all the environmentalists? Do you know what it takes to make a lithium battery? Do you know what it takes, do you know what it does to the environment to drive all of your little electric cars? Right, I digress. She can't get on a stage and have an honest debate with people between David Perdue and Brian Kemp. You know why? Because she's good. Because she's honest. Because she's a good person. And I say that as someone who, when Jesus says nobody's good except for the Father, right? but she's certainly someone who is not going to tolerate Delta airlines and others and Hollywood dictating the politics of the citizens of Georgia. And old Christy Nome should take notice, take notes on what happens whenever you open your state wide open, you open your arms, come to, come to South Dakota and North Dakota. I mean, I've seen it from, and come to where else, what, who else was that recently? Who was like, Our state's wide open. I'm like, okay, (laughs) just ask us how that's going. Again, communities are usually comprised of people who hold the same ideals. Communities that thrive. Communities that prosper. Communities that are safe. Communities that have joy and hope and fellowship. That usually takes People who agree on fundamental things regarding decency, life, freedom, taxation, uh, infrastructure, you know, paying your bills, budgets, not getting in bed with, the, uh, with our international enemies, not taking kickbacks, not selling our, uh, our municipal bonds on the backs of people who can't even afford to buy a loaf of bread. not supporting open borders so that you could get federal funds for all the little refugees that come to your state. You get to pretend like you're taking care of them for all of six months, and then they get to live in complete crap holes with leaking ceilings, rats, uh, you know, crime-laden fentanyl-laden, pot-smoking, uh, you know, 24-hours-a-day neighborhoods where these folks don't speak English, they don't, they, don't, they can't go to school, they were given $3,500 and basically a pat on the back, and welcome to America. Here's your, you know, welcome to the Democrat Party. We'll actually uh, fill out your voter registration card for you. Matter of fact, we'll just have somebody drive by and pick it up and shove it in a drop box at 3 in the morning thinking nobody's looking in a surveillance video. Don't get me started. It's Friday. I wasn't even going to go to all this. But speaking of your dollars, did you know that our national debt just hit a record high of $30 trillion? $30 trillion. dollars? $30 trillion, trillion. If you think we're not headed for the Great Reset, you are sadly mistaken. And I always say put your hope and your trust and your and, and anything that you're going to glory in needs to be in the God that provides it all. And I believe that God is the God of gold and silver and precious metals and things that were in this beautiful earth that he gave us. And that is the currency of my choice. Right? And that's why I would encourage you guys, if you have an IRA, 401K, or a savings account, you know, just know this. The Biden administration has already printed more money in the past two years than the previous 100 combined. Right? Right? So get yourself over to my website at MonicaMatthews.com backslash GoldCo, G-O-L-D-C-O, MonicaMatthews.com backslash GoldCo. Click on through there, read it, click on over, get yourself some sound advice, get an appointment online, get some knowledge, man, get some wisdom. Quit sitting around being afraid of Bitcoin and the Great Reset, the New World Order. We don't know what's coming. Well, there are people who understand what value is, right? You're talking about the highest inflation we've seen since 1982. It can't, this this can't hold. Do you understand that? There may actually come a time in this country where you, you don't need to have something in your hand to be like, hey, yo, dude, I need a loaf of bread for my family. See, y'all don't think that can happen, which is really interesting to me. You really don't think that can happen. But and maybe it's because as a single mama, you know, I I had nothing, like barely anything to just to rub two nickels together, right? But I was like Psh. when I saw that all of our money was gone in the stock market during Obama. And I thought to myself, "Holy crap, you know, um You know, how am I going to be able to provide for my daughter in the event of I need to feed her and the whole system just goes to hell in a handbasket? What if our banks close? You know, what if? I I live in contingency mode because that's what single mothers do because I had to take care of her. And yes, God provided for us over and over and over and he would have continued to provide for us. I mean, he would have rained manna out of the sky for, for us. I know that. At the same time, I also felt like, Okay. It would be good to have something in my hands to be able to negotiate and to barter. Right? And so I wasn't going to w- I wasn't going to sit around and complain to be fearful and sit on the corner with a sign with my kid and, you know, kid in tow, begging people for money. I had a little bit of money. I had just enough and I saved enough money to grab me some gold coins. Just a few. But it would have been enough to get us by for a very short period of time, but I also prepped a little bit. You know, I'm not crazy, but I'm also just, you know, efficient whenever it comes to understanding that, um, no, God doesn't help those who help themselves. That is not scriptural, by the way. And, yes, he will help those who help themselves, but, you know, God always shows up in the Bible and helps people who had no way to help themselves. Like none zero, there's multiple stories about that, and so back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is often read at every single funeral you go to, if you're a Christian, and even if you're not, unless you're Muslim, you won't hear it at at a you won't hear it at a at a uh, Jewish service, and you will not hear it at. Um, well, that's not true. Actually, though, that is not true. I have heard Psalm 23 read, but not in terms of death. Because there are very active things that occur in the living in Psalm 23. Should we go over there and read it? Let's do it. Why not? It's Friday night. It's going to keep you all from going out to drink. Maybe. All right, here we go. Psalm 23. You ready? Dun, 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 dun. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Here we go. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, does all that sound like something you're going to do once you did? Nope. <laughs> so I don't understand why people read that at funerals. I really don't. And maybe it's because he's talking about lying down in some green pastures and walking by the still waters. But no, man, that is for right now. That is a right now message. That is a right now promise. That is something that David was like, yo, I know if I make my bed in hell, you're going to be there with me. There's nowhere I can go to run from your presence, so I may as well surrender. And that really is ultimately my message to you. Many of you know that God is knock, 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 knocking at your door. You're reading Revelation. You're spouting in uh, scriptures that people who you know are not Christian or who say they are, but are not living according to Christian principles, and neither are you, by the way, most of us, have one heck of a time attempting to do that on a daily basis. And you know why it's so hard for us to do it? Because we refuse to submit. And how do I know that? Look at our healthcare industry. Look at our pharmaceutical industry. It's an industry. Look at pharmakia. Look at how many people are literally addicted to pharmakia. Most of you would be dead without your medicines? How many of you panicked? How many of you are panicking right now thinking about supply chain issues? Do you understand everything it takes to bring you your daily medicine to keep you breathing on this side of eternity? So my admonition to you today is to return to your first love. Because he is the one who cares for us. And he is the one who, pre- who prepares the table in the presence of our enemies. And right now, we are in exile. We are in the wilderness. And you will never convince me otherwise. And sure, it may have been heisted, it may have been a hijacking, it may have been stolen, it may have been whatever word we want to put on it. But at the beginning and the end of the day, I believe that God says who goes up and who goes down. And what nation is free and what nation it goes into exile? What nation's in the promised land? What nation's going to roam around the mountains for the next 40 years in that desert? And if we're going to roam around the mountain, the same mountain, for the next 40 years, for the next generation, we're going to have to find a way to have some come-to-Jesus moments so that we can live life more abundantly, because that's why he came. And I do believe that this country is going to see a revival like we've never seen before. I just do. I see it happening. I see it in my own Bible study that I'm leading right now, by the grace of God. I see it in people's lives. I hear it in their testimony. People who have never been to church, people who have been to church, people who are, whenever I say to church, I mean they have not been a part of the body of Christ. They've not been in fellowship with the body, much less the head of the body, which is Christ. And so there's a yearning, there's a desire, not fear, there's not panic. It's not like, oh crap, I'm reading Revelation, I better get right or get left. No, it's because Jesus is standing at the door knocking and he's saying, will you please let me come in and have a meal with you? And when you fellowship with Jesus Christ on that level, on any level, but especially in the deep places, in the deep, dark recesses of your soul that are afraid right now, that are mad as hell right now, that are still with your eyeballs in the past thinking this is still Reagan's America and somehow we're just going to magically appear, you know, like just if President Trump comes back, all this would just go away. You do realize we're not the same nation we were even during President Trump's tenure, right? So our eyes need to be ahead of us. They need to be on right now and on the next right thing. In my humble opinion, and I'm preaching to the choir as it pertains to my own life, but that, I believe, is what he's calling our nation to. People coming after our kids, Oh my gosh, y'all! I had a guy in my in my space last night on Twitter, totally impromptu, and um, he's a fantastic dude. He's a doctor, and um, and he was talking. he's in radiology, and he was talking about you know just these horrible ghoulish stories about people who had transitioned, who had been taking hormones, young people who had been taking hormones to transition. Thought that they all of the all of the scans and blood tests and what and whatnot were showing that that they had um, they had breast cancer, so some of these people went through with mastectomies, and yes, men can have them too. And um, and, and and because people are not forthright and they're not honest in their charts and their files, and you got to walk a very delicate line of of, uh, of not falling over into, like, a discrimination or your respective states' hate crimes or wh- whatever it is that's in, in position now to protect this class of people called trans, right? People who are transitioning, all right? All of that to say there are certain questions that these physicians don't, I, they're afraid to ask, because they'll either be fined, reprimanded, reprimanded, sued, whatever. But now the flip side of that is this. Some of these people who thought they had cancer went through chemo, went through all kinds of stuff. It wasn't cancer. It was actually the hormones coming from all of their transition medication. It was giving off a false positive. I'm like, what? And he was livid. Another nurse practitioner pops up and she's telling stories. Uh, another ER nurse tells stories. I mean, other MDs tell I have friends who are urologists who are like, you won't even believe what we're contending with right now. And you try to invoke your first amendment right, which says, I can't participate in this because it goes my it goes against my religion. And boy, you're met with a whole other level of hell. And so the question becomes, are you gonna stand? And he's looking at me last night for answers. He's like, what do we do? What do I do? I'm like, what do you do? You get your physicians together. You band together. You start standing against this stuff. Let me tell you something. There are, a, there are such a fraction. He gave us a statistic last night that was relatively alarming, I think. Uh, there used to be like 1 in 42,000 people who who really struggled with believing that they were born in the wrong body. I I believe that. I believe you could be one in 50,000 people, 50,000 people is a lot of people, right? But now it's like one in every preschool class, apparently, or five, five people in every graduating class. And you're like, what? And so, again, you know, there are a myriad of factors that go into this, whether it's spiritual, uh, physiological, it's environmental. You know, I think that this is a multifaceted uh, issue that we are contending with in this country that I think has been perpetuated through all the, bu- all the bureaucracy that we'd love to keep in place that I talked about at the beginning of this show. Every bit of it. And that bureaucracy has come home to roost. And that bureaucracy has been intentionally growing for years because the ultimate goal was to take the nation down and to take us the way of globalism. That has been the end game for people for generations. I know that's really hard for some of you to grasp. But imagine that. So here's the really sad part. You ready? It's really sad for the people who genuinely struggle with suicide ideation who fundamentally believe that there is a disconnect there between themselves and their body because they don't believe they were born the right sex. That is a very real condition for people. It is not okay to make fun of them. It is not okay to be hateful about it or to be afraid. None of that is okay. But you know what's really crappy? is the fact that now it's become trendy. And so people who actually need spiritual and, uh, and medicinal help, whether it's psychological or they do transition and they need the, bio, the, the biological, the chemical help, in order to do that, to try to seek some form of remedy as an adult, there's my disclaimer. As an adult, you know they're getting the short end of the stick because you know why? Because there is a very real uh, cabal in place that has made this trendy in Disney and parents and the edu and uh, the um, you know the New World Order folks, the globalists. Uh, oh my gosh, the COVID people, the, you know, the MIC, the fourth branch of government, all these people who have been playing psychological warfare with your literal brain for the past 20 years. Uh, you know, all their surveillance stuff and, and monitoring and algorithms and artificial intelligence, all that crap has gotten us to right here where we are right now. And it's not going to get better without a biblical intervention. And God responds biblically when his people call upon his word because his word will not return void. And the word says that his spirit goes to and fro the earth to see not whom it may devour like the devil, but who is in agreement with him. So are you in agreement with him? I don't know. Only you know that. I will say this, something I would love to see you guys do this weekend. Let's end on a positive on a positive note, right? We've had some sobriety there regarding life, love and liberty, but let's let's talk about life, right? As poor as I was raising my daughter, I recognize the value in creating experiences. And again, I had very few nickels to rub together for the majority of her, you know, growing up years. And it's okay because God gave us favor all the time. And my daughter will tell you we were the richest poor people that you'll ever meet (laughs) because uh, we, you know, friends who were airline pilots, uh, we would get, you know, buddy passes, uh, people with vacation homes. They were like, Hey, you know, we're not going to be down there this weekend or we are, we'd love to have you as our guests. I'm like, heck yeah. So, you know, you got to learn to kick off your pride whenever you're, Uh, you know, whenever you're living in such a way that you can't help yourself sometimes. There's nothing wrong with accepting help from people. You rob people of the blessing of blessing you whenever you stand there in pride or silence and you deny your children the ability to see God's faithfulness. And God's faithfulness shows up through others. And so if you're afraid of the world and the effect that it's having on your children, one of the best ways you can ensure that your children are shielded and you put up a hedge of trust. Trust between your children is the greatest protection you could ever have. Trust. When they trust you, And they trust you to keep them safe. They trust you to discipline them, to disciple them. When they trust you to wipe their tears, when they trust you when they've looked at porn, to minister to their hearts and to ask God to cleanse their little eyes and allow their spirits to be restored to their innocence. When they trust you with their hearts, and their hopes and their dreams and their fears and their worries and their striving and all the things these little people contend with, right? And the confusion in the world, in the self confusion, and conflict and you know the devil's lies that he plants through people and and entertainment and social media and generations, right? So trust is built. By spending time with people, by fellowshipping, by creating memories. Something I used to do on my show when I was on our station here in Atlanta was I partnered with the Atlanta Botanical Gardens, and I loved doing this. And the first year, you know, I just went down and bought a ticket um, for uh, a couple of tickets, actually. I think I bought like four. And I had my audience nominate a single mom. And I think I had like a single mom's ticket up to three kids or four kids. And I got so many cool letters from people who were like, Oh, I want to nominate this person. She's such a hard worker and she loves her babies and they never get to do anything and go anywhere. And someone asked me, you know, why do you do this? And I said, because memories Memories and feelings of those memories and, and, and remembering those times that you were able to do something are something that single moms and single dads who are just in the crapper or families who cannot afford anything incidental. Those are the things that when we pour into them, our kids never forget. I will never forget the summers fishing with my dad. in family vacations that he saved every nickel for every year. And, they, I mean, I'll never forget those times. They were trust-building. They were beautiful. And so if you can't afford to go somewhere, make a picnic. Take a blanket out into your backyard. Put it on your little slab back there. Whatever you got. Maybe it's a sidewalk. Who cares? Invite the neighborhood kids. Build a kite. Build, you know, build something with your kids if you're a dad. Put something together. Get them a little toolbox and your boys and your girls And show them how to put something together. Be patient with them. Be kind. Let them see what happens whenever they put their little fingers to to a screwdriver and to a hammer and a nail and be there then to show them how to do things, how to build things, how to make something. It builds confidence in them. Instead of criticizing and being afraid and leaving them to their phones and then accusing them because all they do is sit on their phones. Encourage them. Put your phone in the box. Live through the complaining and the whining the first couple of times that it happens. And watch to see what happens once they realize how much of your attention they have and how much fun they have with you. They will hand, they will surrender their phones voluntarily. I've seen it happen. Because they miss you. That's really hard for some of you to even believe. There's my Pomeranian snoring. They miss you. They wish they had more time from you, but because they've become addicted to every other form of engagement and fellowship, they don't even know they miss you. They don't even know the level of your absence. Just because you're there, you're a figure on the couch or in the kitchen, that's not fellowship. That is not giving someone your undivided attention so that you can know them. You can instruct them, disciple them, right? You can discipline them, you can teach them. And then whenever you send them out into battle in their schools, if you're going to continue to do that, they are equipped with the number one thing they need in this battle of today, and that is trust of their parents. And the same thing goes for our trust of God. And the only way that is built is by knowing him, who he is through his word, exercising that word, being obedient to that word and watching that word return and manifest a blessing so big you won't even be able to contain it and speaking of blessings that are so big you won't be able to contain it i'm going to leave you with this guess what i got i have a my pillow code that's right monica So head on over to MyPillow.com and use my code and get yourself a big old blessing in the way of pillows, sheets, blankets, dog stuff, slippers, robes, you name it, they've got it. And not to mention, you you get to support a great patriot in the way of Mike Lindell. All right, guys, I love you. Have a great weekend. Be good to your neighbors, beginning in your own mirror and with your own children, and your own husband, and your own wife, and your own dog, and cat. And remember, head on over to my website and purchase some mugs, and t-shirts, and caps that remind you that if you're an American, act like one.